on today's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob Winans and myself will be discussing the 5-3 to three win for the Florida Panthers over the Arizona Coyotes right before going on a long four-game road trip out. And we're going to discuss the individual performances of the game, especially that fourth line. We're going to be discussing this and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, welcome to this Wednesday, January 4th edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also follow the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fancy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. And if you want everything in relation to the World Juniors with especially with Ludwig Janssen, who's been performing so well for Team Sweden. You could catch Heidi Kalakash over at Locked On NHL Prospects. And don't forget to send in your screenshot of your subscription to the Locked On Florida Panthers YouTube channel and your five-star rating. Send in those screenshots to at LO underscore FLA Panthers over DM or email it to me at Panthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the next Florida Panthers home game between them and the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday, January 14th. So the Florida Panthers on their this second game of their two-game homestand, of course, it was a bummer for them to drop their, this first game against the New York Rangers after playing the last two periods fairly well. Paul Murray spoke about it after actually this morning in morning skate saying if they play like they did in the last two periods of their game against New York, that they'll find themselves on the winning end very often. Of course, this is a team that still has to play 650 to 700 hockey the rest of the way to try to qualify for the postseason. And the Panthers tonight just, uh, you know, went ahead early, um, let the Coyotes back in it. 2-2 and go up 3-2, tied 3-3, and then the Panthers scored the last two in order to come out with, with a win. And this will be a great time to bring in my guest on the show. It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And Jacob, welcome back to the show. Great to have you and great to uh, great to also be chatting with you on as I was in person and I was talking to you pre-recording that I'm pretty jacked up as I am in a hockey setting. Once again, just a feeling that I don't always get with watching these games on TV. So I want to say thank you for jo- joining me as I'm doing this uh, post game show from the press box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously uh, our, our frequent listeners know that both of us are located in Orlando. So we don't always get to to get to the arena for the game, so it's always a nice treat when when we're able to do that. Um, myself, I was able to go to a couple of games so far this year, 
undefeated this season when I'm in the building and now you got to win in the building. So I think maybe the secret to their success is having one of us there um, to try to make that happen a little more often. Yeah, and I'm 2-0 um, when, the, when the Panthers are there because the last game I attended was the home opener against the Philadelphia Flyers. So great to travel down here for the new year, spend some time around around the city as well, and just uh, cover a game while, while I'm down here as well. So it's always great to be back home. But let's really start with uh, th- this game where e- even though the Panthers were were up uh, 1-0 very early on, and, of course, Barkov with just a beautiful feed off Matthew Gachuk with Gus Forsling's uh, point shot um, being rebounded. The really the the Panthers they were they weren't really generating a lot of shots off the cycle. If if the Panthers weren't getting their chances off the rush, they weren't generating shots on goal. And really, th- this wasn't. Thankfully for the Panthers, this wasn't too much of self inflicted wounds. It, this was a really mostly mistake free game as far as like penalties. Even though they did give up a power play goal to the to the to the Arizona Coyotes, which it's still an issue. Paul Murray said he's more concerned about the PK than he is about the power play. He said he's not concerned about uh, the the man advantage. But early on, the the Panthers were get just trying to be a little too cute with the, like their drop passes in the neutral zone and even in their own zone that was causing so many turnovers. And the the Coyotes were just getting a whole bunch of offensive zone time in in the Panthers zone. And really, the Panthers. If it wasn't off the rush really early on, they weren't generating uh, chances. But thankfully for the fourth line, they were they were consistently on the forecheck. That Lomberg stall Giovanni Smith uh, line, as Giovanni Smith was recalled. But man, the but the it, it was really that fourth line that set the tone, and it was thankfully they used they, they were able to be able to cycle the puck later on in the game. Yeah, I noticed a lot of the same things you're talking about there. Uh, the Panthers were, it was a lot of one and done early in the game. Um, a lot of rush chances, but not so much coming off the cycle. And it wasn't it wasn't so much that they weren't getting the zone time. It's just they were kept to the perimeter so much. Uh, the shots just weren't getting to the net. It was, it was a lot of cycling, a lot of passing, uh, but not really any shots. I know there was one shift in particular. It was Barkov or Hagee and Kachuk in the zone. I think at the time the Panthers were up 2-0. Uh, looking to maybe get a third goal and, and really kind of put the game out of reach early. And they, they cycled the puck for probably over a minute, uh, but the puck never got to the net. Um, so it, it's that's been a bit of a problem. Uh, we, we, we do need to have someone pulling the trigger. Uh, cycling the puck is great. You want to pin the guys in, the, in their own zone and, and, and wear their legs out. But at some point, the, the puck has to get to the net and at least create a chance off of it. Um, they only had about around nine, nine or ten shots uh, almost halfway through the game. Um, you, you get, you're going to have to have a little bit more shot volume. I'm all for taking quality shots, but you need to have a little more volume there as well. Um, but you know, it, we're in a win. You don't want to focus too much on the negatives and, and, and bringing up a positive is definitely that fourth line. Uh, that fourth line tonight was absolutely incredible. I thought Giovanni Smith brought an element of grit and, and toughness that that fourth line was really missing. Uh, for a guy his size, he moves extremely well uh, as far as straight line speed. And he, he knows his role. Um, he, he goes out there, he throws a big hit, um, gets the puck out of the zone and immediately makes a dash straight to the crease, gets right in front of the right in front of veggie in, in, in the crease. And he ends up creating a screen that allows Eric Stahl to get that first goal. Um, that, that goal was he, he doesn't end up on the score sheet for it, but he uh, certainly played a, a big part in, in scoring that goal. 
And uh, it, it's the, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very much with that fourth line. The guys know their role, you know what they're out there to do. It's to four check. It's to, to pin the other team in their zone and it's to, to generate some of those greasy ones. And um, that's really what they were able to produce tonight. It was good to see Eric Stahl rewarded twice. Yeah. And just looking at the, the final numbers, as far as uh, natural stat trick, a Corsi four of 75%. 18 shot attempts to, to the opposition six shots four 12 to four with that with that lineup of eight minutes and seven seconds of total time on ice at five on five so that 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 line was just getting going the, the best line of the night and it, it also resulted in the in the second goal by that same line the, the third the, which ended up be which was the third goal of 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 the, no no excuse me the fourth goal of the game uh the the puck wasn't even on Lomberg's stick for even um, a second, and then and then he uh, he finds Eric Stahl right in right in right in the right in the slot to get to make it four three at the time. And Paul Maurice had a very interesting comment about just taking a year off for for Eric Stahl. Um, for, for, first uh, first goal was actually Stahl on Stahl, uh, but of course those the rest of the forwards helped with the forecheck there. But even 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 on that second goal and spoke about how it was a struggle to cover his uh the line that Eric Stahl was on in Montreal when when Paul Maurice was a head coach of the Winnipeg Jets in their playoff series which Winnipeg got swept of course we remember what happened in game one with Mark Shifley on Jake Evans uh which was the which was the big momentum killer for them, but had a struggle, had a struggle with uh, him, that line, along with Joe, Joe Armia as well. So just, uh, and, and listen, Eric Stahl, 12 points in the last 16 games, six goals and six assists. And we were all wondering at the time, we, and listen, there's receipts on Twitter about what is Bill Zito doing as far as like Eric Stahl being on this fourth line, of course, after the PTO, but now look at this production. Uh, and of course, having two speedsters in, Smith and Lomberg that's truly helping them yeah I agree um I'm definitely one of the ones uh who who is not exactly um in favor of Eric Stahl getting a bunch of ice time I thought there were better options uh and there's I mean Eric Stahl would probably be the first one to tell you it, it took him a long time to get going this year um he, he got off to a really slow start and for a lot of games there he was kind of a negative asset um he was he, he wasn't really uh, helping on the score sheet. Uh, his, his main thing that really kept him even in the lineup was his penalty killing and his face-offs. Um, and it, it's a good thing that he was able to stay in the lineup and get and get his legs going because it seems like he's now found his rhythm. Um, this is a guy who is he's definitely not what he used to be. Um, he, he's a, a future Hall of Fame player. Uh, he's, he's checked every box in the NHL that you can check uh, as far as production and, and, and longevity. Um, but it, it, it speaks a lot to, to his credit that he's able to transition to a fourth line role, given that he spent most of his career as a franchise player. Um, he, he, he has all kinds of humility. The guy's he's humble. He comes to work uh, and he's, he's accepted his role on the fourth line and now he's thriving in it. Um, he, he, he's stepped up. He's provided some offense that honestly, most, most fourth line centers are not giving you 12 points in 16 games. Um, the Panthers are fortunate to have that, and and he's now he's now proving his worth. Uh, I think it was important to get him some speedsters on his line. Um, I, I don't think you see this production with Stahl if he's still with Hornquist. Uh, not a knock on Hornquist necessarily. 
It's just that's two guys who aren't exactly the fastest players in the, in the game anymore, two guys that are a bit older. Um, Eric Stahl needed he, – he clearly needed an injection of speed and youth on his wings, um, and, and it's definitely worked out. Uh, you, you give him some speed to, to make up for what he now lacks in foot speed, and he's able to use his veteran smarts, his savvy, his puck cycling. It, it's now creating a pretty good blend of, of uh, productivity with, with some speedsters on his wing. Yeah, and definitely a guy who's uh, been there, done that type of guy. He's he's just always knows uh, when to be in a certain place, and of course, uh, the teammates trust him uh, to to all to always be there. But in the in segment number two, we are going to be discussing more of Matthew Kachuk and of course the goaltender Spencer Knight, as they were just outstanding in in this game as well for the Panthers, resulting in this five to three win over the Arizona Coyotes. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online. And Bet Online is still your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and ever league out there, from pro football to college football season, basketball, and hockey. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. Back on this second segment of this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Got Jacob Winans here on, on the show to break down this 5-3 to three win for the Panthers over the Desert Dogs. And we, we, we spoke about the, the stall line, especially when the pan the even though the Panthers got the first goal and it was the fourth line getting getting the tone, but man Matthew Kachuk uh, and Spencer Knight especially uh, for for this one with especially I I want to really highlight the the power play goal for mo- most 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 importantly um, to, it was towards the end of the second period where Sp- Spencer caught the Arizona Coyotes on a line change uses a stretch pass to get it to Sam Reinhart and just them going uh, a, a little bit of a two on one uh, to, to, and as Matthew Kachuk is driving to the net, gets it, gets it to, gets it past uh, Karova Malka and, and just to make it, to make it five to three at the time. And just incredible hockey IQ play by Spencer Knight, his first point as, as in the NHL was asked after the game about whether he was going to keep the puck or not. And he says he, he doesn't mind about get, um, getting it. He said Matthew Kachuk can keep it. And that was actually Matthew Kachuk's also first hat trick since uh, game game one of the Battle of Alberta, something we spoke uh, earlier in the, in this uh, it, it, on, on the show about. But how great was Spencer Knight, uh, Jacob? Because I, I have – I'm just in awe about how he – adjusted after especially after the second goal uh given up which is the really the only bad goal that he gave um gave up on the day yeah obviously the clayton keller goal is probably one he'd like to have back uh not a whole lot he could do on the goal by big nick bugstad a former panther one of my all-time favorite uh, one of my favorite players to ever put on that the panther uniform um so it's, it's always good to see him get a goal uh Kind of a kind of a former Panther affair tonight. Uh, former Junior Panther Jacob Chickren gets a goal. Former Panther Nick Bugstad gets a goal. So 
thought that was interesting. But um, Spencer Knight definitely bounced back after after giving up those uh, those two goals that came not too far apart in the second period. Uh, he really slammed the door from that point on. Uh, he came up huge in the third period when he wasn't facing a ton of shots. Then all of a sudden, Arizona is pushing hard to, to, to get back in the game. He starts facing a flurry. Um, he's very good at making a save, at, at knowing when to kill the play, knowing when to freeze it, and knowing when to play it. That's something you don't really see too much in a young goaltender. Uh, that's something that usually comes with experience and age. But he's very good at knowing when to keep that puck moving and when to to kill the momentum, stop the play, and, and put an end to it. And you saw that at the end of the game. Uh, the Panthers are scrambling a little bit, and he gets a chance to make make a glove save, absolutely shuts the play down, uh, and it, it killed the, the whole the whole shift for the, for the Coyotes. But definitely what I want to talk about it with, with Spencer Knight tonight is not necessarily just the saves he's making. He's a goalie. He's, he's, uh, he's paid to tend the goal. We know that. He, he's, there to, he's there to make saves, but that that second period, as we know, that's the long change period. So any line change, you have to go to the opposite end of the ice to get to get to the bench. Oftentimes on a power play, you'll see goalies come out and play the puck, but they'll usually just hold it and drop it to a defenseman in the zone so they can get the quick uh, the, the quick stretch pass to get back in the zone. Not too many goalies have the stick handling ability to do it themselves. And Spencer Knight, we, we see him flash the stick handling all the time. But tonight, he put a perfect stretch pass back up the ice, beats the Coyotes' line change, and it sets up that, that Sam Reinhart pass to Matthew Kachuk. That is an excellent play. Um, it, it's not going to make the highlight reels. It's not going to be talked about that much because at the end of the day, yes, it's a secondary assist, but that is a veteran play from a really young goalie, and that is a difficult pass to make. It's a very difficult pass to make, and he put it on a, on a pinpoint uh, right to right to Sam Reinhardt's tape, and it, it got the Panthers the the goal they needed to really put that game out of reach. So uh, Spencer Knight came up huge, both in the goal, but also uh, on the score sheet, actually providing providing a, a really good pass to get the Panthers a, another goal on the board. Uh, I thought he was spectacular. Absolutely, and you t- you just think about the illness that he went through, and then the last two games that he started at Boston, where really that loss was mostly on Spencer Knight, the, the Boston game. And then the Carolina game last Friday, just the PK letting him down. You couldn't put that game on Spencer Knight really at all. And then the fourth goal was as the power play ended. So basically four four power play goals with three actually being recorded. Uh, so just a, just a tough stretch for uh, Spencer, Spencer Knight as of late. But then this one, uh, just for the night, uh, no pun intended, 917 save percentage. I know single-game save percentage isn't the be-all, end-all, but still, a lot of shot volumes. There was a point in time where the shots was 18-9 to 9 in favor of Arizona, which the Florida Panthers were able to turn that around towards the second half of the second period, which which uh, the that period resulted in a 20-10 to 10 shot on goal advantage for Florida, which you know they were able to settle down, and Spencer Knight, Spencer Knight really uh, – kept the Panthers in it and of course when they brought out the extra skater as well uh Spencer Knight uh closed the door uh when when needed and he also spoke about after the game how he's not really uh looking at a run he's more looking at just little bits at a time and for for someone to have that kind of uh mentality for for someone who's 21 22 uh years old as well it's just incredible uh to see but I also, uh, of course, Ma- Matthew Kachuk uh, as well. Let's go to Matthew Kachuk and just talk about how 
fourth career hat trick, uh, three in the regular season, one in the postseason, 20 goals on the season. And we're not even at the halfway point as far as games. And I, I got an opportunity to ask him about how is he feeling about his individual play with 20 goals on pace for to have another 40 goal season. And despite not getting wins and he even says himself, I need to get better. I'm like, you, you you need to get better. Like you're already just doing so much for, for, for this team. And even Paul Maurice was asked about that as like, Oh, the, the level that this guy can get in, get to, even if he is better than what he's already doing. Yeah. He, he's the ultimate competitor on this team. And he, he's such a welcome addition in that locker room. Um, because no matter, no matter what the, what, no matter what his individual stats look like, this is a guy who's about wins. And uh, I thought his comments post game were were uh, really refreshing because um, he really does tell it how it is. Um, he he spoke about this upcoming road trip. He he said our season is on the line. Um, he, that's the reality of the situation. And a lot of times you'll you'll hear players give the cliche answers, uh, one game at a time, or we're not looking at the standings. Kachuk is not about that at all. He he's straight up said our season's on the line. Um, the, he, Honestly, the players really need to hear that. Uh, they need to have a guy on the team who's taking it that seriously. Like th- this upcoming road trip is our season, so come ready to play. And and that's what that's what Kachuk is about. I think his mentality is great. And the thing about that is, it's so much easier to appreciate those comments. It's so much easier to follow him as a leader when he backs it up and not and it's not just him saying it. But he says these things, and then he he leads the team on the ice. He he proves it every game. Another four point night tonight, uh, a hat trick. Uh, he he gets all his goals almost from the same area. He's right in front of the net. He's not afraid to take a hit. He gets the greasy ones. Uh, he puts his body on the line. And then my favorite thing tonight was not a was not his three goals. It was not his assist. It was Sasha Barkov gets hit from behind and Kachuk comes flying in and immediately goes after Shane Gostasper, who, by the way, not a dirty player. Um, definitely probably was not intentional. It's just reckless. But Kachuk he doesn't care. You, you hit the captain from behind, you're going to answer to Kachuk, whether he's Kachuk is a superstar player, the, the highest scorer on the team. And he's not afraid to get into the dirty areas and drop the mitts with anybody if they touch the captain. Uh, I think that speaks volumes. Um, so I, I was really impressed with Kachuk's game tonight all around uh, on the score sheet as a leader, his post-game comments, his on the ice um, willingness to stand up for the captain. He, it's the complete package. And uh, it really, where I, I really, uh, don't even want to think about where the Panthers would be if not for Kachuk this season because he has been spectacular. He, he's been as advertised without a doubt. Yeah, and South Florida native uh, Shane Gossesper on on that hit from Barkov, which a little space between him and the boards, and it wasn't even called. And him and Gudis uh, were 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 both uh, sent to the box, and it, uh, along with uh, with uh, Gossesper on, on on that one and. It, the the Panthers ended up getting a penalty, which I didn't quite understand. Um, Barkov was also hooked by Clayton Keller as well in the in the pan, in the Yote zone. I didn't understand that one as well. But hey, we're not, we're not going to complain too much after a win. And great that uh, Matthew Kachuk also uh, also stands up for the captain, like 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 one one of your best players standing up for another another one of your best players. That's just the that's just that it, it's 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 a it's a brotherhood and and thankfully thankfully we see based on their actions on the ice that they they are legitimately there for each other 
But in segment number three, we are going to be discussing a little bit of a topic that is bigger than hockey and bigger than sports. And an event that happened oh this week in the world of sports that we think that we have a, a need to discuss. So Jacob and I are going to discuss that here next on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Wednesday, January 4th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. And this is a topic that I really wanted to talk about because it's very, even though this didn't happen in the sport of hockey, this these kind of things do happen in a sport where there's a lot of contact. And the fact that these are athletes that put their lives at risk. And if you've been living under a rock, the what happened was on Monday Night Football uh, between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills went to go make a tackle on, on a Bengals player, T. Higgins, and got up for a little bit and just – flat out collapsed on the on the field. And we've seen these situations in hockey as well. Just right before the pandemic hit, Jay Bo Meester just collapsed on the Blues bench against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh and the game was called within 20 minutes. In in this situation in the NFL, the the game was called within an hour. And this was a game that had many playoff implications in the AFC. And of course, uh, of course, Chris Pronger as well went through something like this as well. One of the greatest defensemen in in the '90s that we many fans got to witness. And I wanna, I wanna get your thoughts on, on just because the Panthers have two days off. We have plenty of time to as well preview their game against the Detroit Red Wings and the rest of the road trip. So I think. With this being so recent, Jacob, I think this is really a just something to talk about as far as something that's just bigger than sports about how we view these athletes and how the bosses in the these big sports leagues view these athletes as well. Yeah, um, I, I want to start first and foremost before we get into any of this conversation and just uh, extending um complete thoughts and prayers and, and, and that's such an overused phrase, but, but really like thoughts and, and prayers to, to DeMar Hamlin and his family, because um, they, they do really need it right now. And uh, it's, it's, it's a miracle and a blessing that, that DeMar Hamlin is still with us after the events of last night. Uh, I know he's still in critical condition and they're still hoping for more improvement, but um, it's, it's a blessing that he's, that he's still here and that his family is, is by his side and, 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 um, that's that's really all you can ask for in this situation. So I, I really do hope uh, he pulls through and and um, football and, and him continuing his career and whatever else after that is secondary just to, to him being able to pull through and, and, and have a quality life. So um, and that's priority number one, of course. Um, beyond that, I think this is a really, really important reminder um, that all of this, it's all it's all a game. Um, it, it's it's a sport it's for entertainment and and i think last night was a, a a really a really painful reminder to to fans that at the end of the day it doesn't really matter all that much 
um, especially when it comes to a situation where it is truly life and death. And uh, especially in a sport like football, a sport like hockey, these are sports where, where guys are quite literally putting their lives on the line because the slightest freak accident, um, there's so much physicality, so much speed, so much violence. Uh, the slightest, the slightest freak accident, um, it, it, it can, it can result in someone's life being, being altered or, or very nearly ended, um, like last night. So it's a reminder that, that when, when you're trash talking or when you're, when you're getting too angry or too involved or when, when rivalries spill over, it, it, it's a good reminder to know that this is, this is still just a game. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's what I really took from it. Um, especially, especially given, given the massive, massive playoff implications of that game yesterday. Um, it, it, it's huge. It was, it was for the number one seed. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And, and I think, I think the game being canceled is a good indication of that. It, 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 just, it really just does not matter when it comes to the life of a player. Um, and, and that's, and it's important for us to look at these, these, these players as, as human beings, not just as players, not just as members of, of the team playing a sport. These are still human beings. They're, they're, they're sons, their brothers, their husbands, their, their, their family members. It's, it, it goes beyond the sport. So, um, yeah, that, that it's, it's really difficult to talk about. Um, it was, it was, I was shaken up just watching it on TV. I can't imagine what his family was going through, what the fans were going through, what his teammates were going through. Uh, some of the images from the game uh, from his teammates were, were very hard to, to watch it, it really brought back memories of, of 2007. Um, I was just seven years old, but I remember watching the game Panthers against the Buffalo Sabres in, uh, in Buffalo and, uh, the incident with Richard Zednick, um, having, having his, uh, his neck sliced with, uh, Ole Jokin and skate, very similar situation where we didn't know, like it, we were watching that game. We saw the players shaken up and, and you just know someone's life is at risk. Uh, and you, you just don't know the outcome of that. Um, it, it really brought back a lot of memories of that. Uh, a lot of memories of Jay Bowmister, um, uh, a few other hockey incidents. Chris Pronger is another one, a similar blunt force uh, accident that, that knocked his heart out of rhythm. And he was blessed to come back and play several more years in his Hall of Fame career. Um, it, it's just uh, the, these incidents are scary. They're they're rare, but when they happen, they are they're very scary. And it's it's important to take those reminders that this is just a game, and these are human beings. And you know, at, I I might I might be I might come to games in person, and I might be able to talk to players and coaches in person as well. But at the end of the day, I'm still a fan of of sports as well and one of my pet peeves and well actually before i get to my pet peeves i still go watch games at bars and be in community with people just regular fans and one of my biggest pet peeves is whenever i'm with a group of uh of people watching a game whether it's football whether it's hockey and then you hear fans saying Oh, break! Oh, break his legs! Oh, go after him! Or when they're on the floor, or on, or, or on the when they're on the ground, or on the ice, and they're um, or have an injury, and people are yelling at the TV saying, "Oh, get up! He's or he's faking," or or oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> like that is one of my biggest biggest pet peeves when it comes to just sports fandom in general. 
and the fact that and next time next time you see an injured player regardless of sport pl- please for the love of god put yourself in that put yourself in that position uh, of getting some consistent dings whether that's to the head or to the knee for a possibility of multiple ligaments being teared as well cracked ribs and of course we've spoken so much about hockey culture about if you get a little bit of a ding to just get right back up and play and and of course the, there's a lot of undisclosed injuries in hockey of course <laughs> it's the it's the least uh transparent of the four major sports when it comes to injuries but still whenever you i i, I want you guys as a as a as fans to try to be more to to put more of the human side of things to these people even if it's something minor it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be what happened to demar hamlin for you to just be like okay uh this is a person going through an injury let's think about them and of course there's so many different players on on a team and of course different different players bring different things to the table of course but that that person is still part of a of a big unit that's just trying to put together one goal and when it's a family member they see these people as family and when one person goes goes down it it it's hard for for these people I, yeah, it's hard to put it any other any better than that. I mean, um, just some added perspective. I mean, you're you you grew up an athlete. You played sports all through high school. Um, I, I'm I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete myself. I've played um, just about every sport there is to play. I played college. I played basketball up to the college level. Um, I'm sure you've dealt with your fair share of injuries. I know I have as well. Um, thank God, nothing so major that it's life altering but i promise you players who are injured they don't want to be injured (laughs) no one ever wants to sit out games um guys who are injured feel like they're letting their team down um guys who are injured are constantly rehabbing behind the scenes trying to get back um at the professional rank it is even more so like that than than the levels that we have played at um it's important to remember that because these these are human beings and you, you have to separate the the sport from the human being in these cases um whether it's a minor injury a major injury or something life life threatening like what happened to Demar Hamlin it shouldn't take a life threatening injury on the field for people to to humanize these players um so many of the people that are that are that are offering their their thoughts their prayers that are that are genuinely concerned for Demar Hamlin I want there to be that same level of, of compassion for a human being if it's just a, a minor injury that keeps him out for one game. I mean, it, it's, it shouldn't take something life-threatening for a player to, to nearly die on the field for us to fi- for it to finally click for some people that, that these are human beings playing a game for our entertainment. Um, and, and again, this is something that not every fan has the, the experience or the privilege of knowing. But again, in, in situations like 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 we've been in where you've gotten to meet players, you've gotten to talk to players off the ice. You get to you meet them in the locker room, you interview them. Um, in some cases, meeting them outside of the sport altogether. It's a completely different. It, it is a it is a human being that you're speaking to. Um, they they have a personality. They 
in most in 99% of cases, they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. Um, I, I could go, I could give you five stories off the top of my head of Panthers players, Heat players, um, Miami Hurricanes, Cowboys, guys who have gone out of their way. Um, it, just in my own personal experience that I've met and talked to that have gone out of their way to be great human beings. Um, and, and, and that, that's really the case for just about every player there is in sports. There's very few guys who are jerks outside of the sport. So it's important to remember that, that these are human beings, they're good people, and, and you have to remember the, the human side of things and, and not just focus on, on what they can do for you uh, from an entertainment perspective on the field or on the rink or on the basketball court, whatever the case may be. Absolutely, and I think that's a really great uh, place to end this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And you said it, players don't want to play injured, which Paul Maurice, going back to the Panthers, uh, Paul Maurice did talk a little bit about Aaron Eckblad playing through an injury as well, uh, but didn't give too much detail about what he's uh, playing through. So, of course, got to sometimes take it easy on, on, on players who are just trying to do their best, uh, like you said, for our entertainment and for us fans let's just try not to be self just try not to be uh selfish when it comes to what what this team this team can do for us as as far as winning Rem just remember that it's secondary especially in demar hamlin's uh situation when it's life and death but thank you so much jacob for joining me on this edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast a five to three win for the panthers Great night for them and a great conversation talking about just life uh, life that's bigger than sports. So thank you once again for joining me and let everybody know where they can follow you online. Definitely. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Winans8. And um, yeah, thank, again, thanks again for having me on and always happy to be on after a win. Um, love celebrating a, a W. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the game from the press box. It's always a nice treat to be down there. Absolutely. And this time next week, we'll be recapping a Panthers avalanche game, a late night, uh, late night edition of the show. So, Jacob, I will see you next Wednesday. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and steel road and thank you once again for making the lockdown florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day and for your second listen of the day make sure to listen to holly heidi hallett cash at locked on nhl prospects it's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the nhl entry draft locked on nhl prospects available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcast so i'm armando velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.